your friend in the corner there, Kevy? No. Yes, Kevy Mental. How's your week been? Has it been good? Did you get that promotion at work? Did you get that time off for that vacation? I hope so. I hope you won the fucking lottery. I hope you achieved every goal you've ever wished for yourself within this week. That's how optimistic I am about you. Because the people that listen to this podcast are good people. You know, they make good decisions. And that's why you're here. And that's why I'm here. So thank you for listening. This week, I have an interesting dude, Ed Hill. He was born in Taiwan. Uh, he's a stand-up comedian now. I just produced his record, uh, which is called Son of Smiley. But his dad is a well-known fortune teller. And uh, Ed Ed lived in, he was born in Taiwan, and then he moved here when he was 12, I think. And so he talks about his father being a fortune teller and uh, and and that that insane talent. And also, Ed had a crippling shoe addiction. At one point, he had over over 500 pairs. So I want to talk about that also. We also talked about the band he had in high school. I love hearing about that shit. I love hearing about people's teenage bands. They're always awesome. I wish I had photos of Ed's teenage band because they played at an arcade. Also, keep an eye out for my band's dates because we have announced that we are playing the Wapiti Festival, which is in Fernie, B.C. It's going to be an outdoor thing. It's going to be awesome. And we have uh, more coming out, so just keep an eye on that. We're also releasing a remix this month, in a- sorry, in April, uh, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, and then also check out all the uh, cool Comedy Here Often stuff that I'm doing. Um, and, like Harris Anderson just released a really funny short. It's on the YouTube channel. Check it out. I will link you. Okay, okay, without further ado, here's Ed Hill. Thank you. Please tell me how many pairs of shoes you had at the height of your addiction. Uh, I think I had a total of 520 pairs of shoes at the height of my addiction. So... And and they weren't just normal dunks or whatever. Like you had ice creams and stuff. Like I had ice ones. creams. I had Air Force ones. I had Dunk lows, Dunk highs, Jordan one mids, Jordan elevens, twelve, thirteens. I think I have um, fours and fives. Holy, yeah. And like and like, Adidas, I had the. Okay, so it wasn't just Nike superstars, whatever they're called. Yeah, but I only get the special edition ones. Yeah, yeah. So were you were you the kind of person who would line up early in the morning for, for things? Uh, or would you order online? I would order online. That's what I would do. I would hunt. Yeah. Um, I never went to the store because it was just so that was so dumb. I think I did once. Yeah. And then I just realized it wasn't worth it. What was the pride of your collection? I had the. Um, was two. One was the Air Force One, the NBA, uh, when the PS2 came out, the first <laughs> yeah. 2K. Yeah. That, I had that. Whoa. I had the PS2, and the Shaq was on the sole. Wow. Yeah. Air Force. And then, For the uh, first 2K? Yeah, and I sold it. Man. And the other one was, um, there's this pair of Dunkalos that was, um, they had inscriptions on it. Uh-huh. I forgot which foundation it was, but it was all designed by kids of this foundation. That they're all terminally ill kids, so uh-huh. they all designed piece of the shoe. That's cool. And I think it's only like ninety-two pairs in the world because it was a um, one of those shoes that they sell for 
what how you call it like fundraising yeah yeah charity yeah. and i should have kept it but i sold that you too. sold it you sold most of your shoes I sold, right yeah was that to purchase I had the, the dinosaur juniors the silver purple ones Unbelievable. Yeah. i sold them on craigslist to a random guy in the alley <laughs> i just remember I was, I was like when he took it i was like oh i shouldn't have done that oh what what made you decide to sell every all your because you still have like a hundred something pairs right oh yeah easy um <laughs> it's getting worse it's uh it just got turned to a problem i would buy a pair and wear a pair and then buy a pair to put on the shelf so yeah. there's duplicates of everything You're and true sneakerhead it's just the space was an issue and i just i just look at the long term like i don't never gonna wear this so i'm yeah. gonna die and someone else can I wear them? Am I rather just <laughs> <laughs> rather I end it than somebody else end it for me? Right? Dude, you're not that charitable. And my dad was also. Yeah. What did he not think? Not very happy with it. What did Smiley think? He thought it was a disease. It was like you have a disorder. <laughs> really? He said, "Are you are you um, are you in a cult? Because you're worshiping shoes like it's a god." <laughs> Like, why don't you just go to church? You told me to go to church. Just go to church because you're doing the same thing. Yeah. You're putting shoes on the pedestal. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, how did how did the addiction start? It started... My first pair was a pair... Um, well, my dad bought it for me. His so fault, really it's right? his fault. He bought me... Because I got into the basketball team in grade five. Mm -hmm. And he bought me the, the first... Um, the Jordan Levens, the mm -hmm. red ones, the breads. Yeah. And I wore them to all my games. And I didn't know. I mean, I, I liked Jordan back then, but I didn't know how precious they were. Yeah. And later on, I was real. And then, you know, you, you get into high school, you're like, oh my God, I had the Jordan Levens. Those were the shoes. Yeah. And you're like, well, I gotta, I gotta somehow get it back. Right? Yeah. You gotta, me feeling like you gotta recuperate. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just one after another and it never ends. Oh man! Is that continued chase? Like I need to, I need to bring back that moment. Isn't you never get that moment back though? That very your first pair of basketball shoes. Yeah, I think I had a pair of Larry Johnson shoes. Then they had the gel, the, in the white, soles. Uh, white and green. They were black and blue, but they had like green react juice in yeah. the heel. And I, I like. It's funny because like when you're a little kid. You don't even know why you like like I liked him because he dressed like an old lady in commercials. Remember Grandma? Yeah, yeah. And I like Charles Barkley because he fought Godzilla in a commercial. So really, I just like commercials. I think. Did you like Little Penny? Little Penny was amazing. Chris Rock. Chris Rock did the voice. Yeah, I just remember he. Uh, I, I have all the pennies too. Mm -hmm. When he did that spin move on the court and it just that subtle zoom in on the shoe. Yeah. I will never forget a moment. So every, time, like every time every time I play basketball, I just <laughs> I just have this thing that oh maybe the camera is zooming on my shoe as I yeah. drive into the lane. That was like there was that Allen Iverson commercial when the answers came out, the black and gold ones, and it was like that. And he did this playground super like school the guy spin move. And it was totally unreasonable, the dribble move, because he spun one way and then put the ball the other way. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then caught it. And no, no one would ever fall yes. for that. But his hair looks so cool because he had cornrows. He was like one of the first dudes with cornrows. My brother and I practiced that move so much. <laughs> but we never we never actually did it with an actual game. It's impossible. You get, yeah. The ball gets stolen. Yeah, you look, it looks so crazy. I love, I love like basketball in movies and TV shows when whoever's playing defense just looks like such a moron. Yeah. Like in, in 
above the rim, no one's playing defense. No, they're just standing there. <laughs> they're watching you school them. Yeah, Dwayne Martin was killing it in that movie. And uh, did you... So you, did the shoe collection collecting transition you into being a fan of basketball or the other way around? I think they happened simultaneously. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you like basketball, you got to like the shoes. Yeah. So it does such a big thing. Yeah. It goes hand in hand. And and basketball, again, is so tied in with, you know, the hip-hop culture. Right? Yeah. So all, I think all of it just came at once. So because I wasn't sure, because you were telling me that you had a recording studio when you were younger that you built. But I, but you, in your act, you have that thing about how you started a band. So were you into hip-hop or were you into... So p- it's really strange. I um I grew up listening to Taiwanese pop. Okay. So I love Taiwan. Like Jonathan Lee is one of the guys. Okay. He's like a singer songwriter, and he kind of looks like my dad. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But like I really like his music. It's just a very melodic, um, mm-hmm. very kind of acoustic-y, um type of pop music. So it's not like the modern pop. It's kind of like folk pop. Yeah. So I grew up listening to that. Um, because my dad was kind of into it too. Mm-hmm. And then I immigrated here and mm-hmm. the next genre I got into was hip hop. Okay. So my first um, rap CD I got was actually a co- I got it from Costco. It's Bullsworth soundtrack. Yeah, I remember that with yeah. the ODB yeah. uh, and Mary J. Blige called, song. Um, something Superstar. Ghetto Superstar. Ghetto Superstar, yeah. yeah. So that was my first... I and mean, that was definitely not a soundtrack you should... Then, you know, a 12 year old kid. <laughs> and then my next album was Dre's um, 2001. Yeah. And, you know, on there, there's a track of just him having sex. So yeah. That yeah. was definitely not a 13 year old she was listening to. Right, right. Um, so I got into hip hop. Yeah. And it was just the sound. I don't know why I liked it so much. I think it's just the sound and stuff like that. At the same time, I started playing basketball, mm-hmm. joined the basketball team, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then later on, um, Lincoln Park came out mm-hmm. and there's that hybrid of hip hop and rock heavy metal right? yeah like yeah. thrash metal new metal mm-hmm. so then I, I got into like heavy heavy metal like Mudvayne yeah Slipknot um, all those guys yeah so when I started my band it was kind of like a heavy metal band but with like like we're trying to be Lincoln Park yeah but we're like just a regular park <laughs> it was horrible <laughs> it was horrible why? What do you mean? So our, our big show, <laughs> just a regular. Park. <laughs> our big show Lincoln was at Palladium in that Palladium Metrotown. Whoa, you played there? Yeah. So that was Hanson played so there. So they, yeah, <laughs> they they booked us to do this huge show. So that audience member dancing and they they they, they televised it, and I just remember we set all up and they usually don't have um, like bands that with heavy sounds they usually do pop bands or yeah. like you know r&b groups they televised it that's so cool yeah so i saw the recording it's horrible and <laughs> my keyboard because i play keyboard and i have vocals at the same time uh-huh. i forgot the modulation um not yeah a knob on my keyboard uh-huh. um that for some reason during during the setup i forgot to turn it down okay. so when the when the the show began it sounded like the all the synthesizer was underwater. <laughs> oh, like the filter? Yeah, it's like, right? That sound. <laughs> yeah. And But we're going to start playing. So I'm like, oh, I can't modulate it back. Yeah, yeah. Because it's going to throw off everything. Yeah. So the whole thing just sounds like <laughs> it was underwater. Wow. And it was horrible. Oh, man. And after the show, my band member is like, what was that? I was like, we already, I can't. I don't know. <laughs> the sound is really out there. 
You know, so like, they just have to accept that it is what it is. <laughs> what was your band called? We were called um, Psycho Moral Syndrome. Right. I, I changed it in my bed to Psycho Monster System. So it's just easier for people to understand. So we call yeah. it Psycho Moral Mor- because we want it to be called PMS for some reason. <laughs> and then when we try to so book edgy. shows, everyone thought we're a girl band. It's like, are you guys an angry group of girls? And I was like, No. He's like, you the manager? I was like, no, I'm actually one of the guys. They're like, why are you called PMS? I was like, I don't know. And then we changed it to Dark Element. Okay. And we called it Dark Element because um, we're trying to find a new name because no one would book us because they thought we're girls. The only book us because we're girls. Right. But they found we're all guys. They're like, we're not booking it. <laughs> so my brother was just flipped through the dictionary. So he was doing chemistry at the time. Yeah. He said, what did you just call Dark Element? I was like, well, that's cool. Yeah. And we just went with Dark Element. And then we needed um, a logo. Uh-huh. So my friend just drew like this turtle. Yeah. And we just made it like pointy. So our logo Evil. was, this, yeah, it's just like a turtle thing. Yeah. It doesn't even look like it means nothing. <laughs> and then our first song was called Deny the Life. Okay. And then we thought, you know, so the chorus goes Deny the Life. Um, how's it go? Deny the Life. I will something about how we'll walk into the fire and stuff like that. But the, the song needed a rhythm mask. Cause we're like, we're trying to be Lincoln Park, but turns to the rap aspect too. Yeah. But we didn't know what to rap. So we were like, how can we, why don't we do something like we give ourselves a barcode? Cause we, it'd be really cool if we could all get barcode tattoos. Yeah. And there's a number on the barcode. That's how we identify ourselves as band members. Yeah. So the number we came up was one, four, seven, seven, four, two, one. Because it. it sounds like the rhythm works. Oh, there's okay. no meaning behind a number. It's because all the numbers. Yeah, they sound good. Fits, next to one each four, other. yeah, and then so it was deny the life one four seven seven four. We just keep repeating this number. Yeah, and it means absolutely nothing. That's kind of clever though for like teenagers to come up with like a branding marketing yeah. thing like that. But though. nobody thought it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the problem. Everyone's like, like, why do you, what's 1477421? Is that your birthday? It's like, you're like, it's nothing, but have you seen our turtle? No, it just rhymes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it rhymes with the the rhythm. Wow. I'm so impressed you guys played at Palladium and it was televised. I know. And I wish it never happened. <laughs> is it on YouTube or anything? Is, I have is a, any of your music I ha- on YouTube? I have a recording of it on YouTube, yeah. They gave us, I don't think it's on TV anymore, but they, they gave us a recording. It's amazing. We did a music video too. We got some guy from our um, video audio department at school. You know, have those courses. So he did a yeah. um, music video for us. It's just him filming his road trip. Okay. From Surrey to Vancouver. <laughs> so it's just all it, it, yeah. It's all time lapse of the highway. <laughs> it makes cool. no sense. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Scenic route. <laughs> wow, that's cool. And then. When you started doing stand-up, is that when you stopped playing music? So after that, I got into DJing. Mm-hmm. So I was a resident DJ at a few clubs in Vancouver. Okay. Um, what would you play? Some of them don't exist anymore. I played um, mostly hip-hop, mm-hmm. top 40, some top 40, because they really want top 40. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for a bit, and I got into music. I was part of the, the record pool down in Vancouver. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we, all the DJs meet up, and we, I did a lot of production stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, did a few remixes for people, and then it just got to the point where I didn't really like the sound, how things were going. It's just, yeah. you know, it, 
I didn't like the commercial. Wasn't sound. inspiring to you. Yeah, so I, I went into um, well, I, I was doing graduate school, and then I took a course in stand up. Oh, you took a course in it. Yeah, oh. it was a uh, the Laughter Zone one hundred and one Janice Bannister's course. Okay, it was offered. I saw it. I saw an ad for it, and it was really halfway done. So yeah, I was. Oh, I was just joined just for fun, right? See what's like. You know, we got time to kill. Yeah, and. I went in there with a full set, like four or five minutes. Like I'm a good student. Right? Yeah, I'm a yeah. Good Asian. You're student, telling me so. that you're like I'm good at homework. Yeah. So I, I they finished. The, I read a bunch of books. I went out the read books on my own, <laughs> studied, yeah. and wrote my set. Wow. And then went in there with a five minutes. And then when I showed up, the Janice was like, "Why are you here?" <laughs> I was like, "Why?" He's like, "None of them have even one joke. We're all learning how to write jokes. You already finished." Yeah. So really, the rest of the class was just me um, trying to refine that five. I mean it was a horrible five minutes, but I already got, you know Yeah. The beginning of it. It probably wasn't horrible. It was probably it was pretty advanced compared to everyone else in the class. Yeah, everyone else was like, Who is this guy? Like, why is he here? Why is he here to make us feel bad? You're like, guys, I'm great at homework. Don't feel bad. <laughs> I like that because we just did your record and when I gave you the four sets I recorded, you're like, I'm great at homework. I'll come back with notes. Oh, yeah. And you did and we we knocked it out. That was quick, man. I love homework. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Do you, are you, I'm, I'm just impressed you're able to do it now that I've introduced you to the Friday the 13th game. I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have so many games to play. Oh, man. Do you still play 2K? I still play 2K. Okay. I was trying to play my brother, but he's so busy now. Okay. When you were, um, you know, our favorite thing to do in 2K is pick one of those shitty European teams and <laughs> yeah. trying to beat the Warriors. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's never happened. That's amazing. Yeah, it's like a it's like a feel good movie when they. I know, and then we we do it like you have to beat them uh, in seven games. You have to beat them four four times. Really? Yeah, that'd, that'd be like a movie where Emilio Estevez is the coach. We always. Uh, what's that team in Europe that the Lonzo Ball? No, not Lonzo Ball. Um, Mellow Ball played on. Oh, I don't a know. Greek team. I don't know. I forgot what it's called. But we I, also always use that team. And there's one guy on. I forgot his name. We call him like the European Jordan. Really? He's so bad. <laughs> his stats are like 60, 55. But he's the best guy on the team, right? Wow. Good for him. Um, when uh, we were talking about your dad earlier, can you tell? Your dad's a fortune teller. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he predicted your wedding, your marriage. Yeah, he did. Can you tell that story? Yes, I can. Okay. Well, this is the second time I told the story on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, I um, so I, I went through a huge breakup um, prior to the whole ask because so I you know I, I went through a breakup it didn't work out so I was kind of frustrated trying to and I was you know dating girls but nothing was you know happening I accidentally accidentally dated an eighteen year old I was like <laughs> yeah I was twenty how old was I twenty six. And I was just like, what am I doing? You know, a lot of people would try and do that on purpose. And I actually accidentally, when I was 20, okay, this is even worse. So before I get the fortune telling, I think we should talk about this. I was 21. I was third year university, almost done. Uh-huh. Um, I accidentally dated a 14 year old. <laughs> so, but she was in my class. Oh. So she was in my English class. You and didn't know. She was in two of my English classes. And we were, and then we, you know, we sat next to each other and we clicked and she was really nice and I was like, hey, you want to go for, you know, yeah. coffee? And then we studied together. And, and we You didn't know she was 14? And then she's like, it's one thing I got to tell you. I was like, yeah, what is it? She's like, I'm 14. I'm like, 
why are you 14? <laughs> this is a universe. And she was part of the... That's why I never saw her outside of English class. Yeah. Because she's part of the gifted group. Okay. So they have a special program they go to most of the day, but they just go out and do their courses. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, we're done. I yeah. mean, I didn't do anything with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let the record show. <laughs> there was no criminal activity. We just went for yeah. dinner. We just, you know. You asked out a ninth grader yeah. and it didn't go further than and that. And she graduated, she graduated high school when she was like 12. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that sense is it's so incredible. funny to me. She didn't, she didn't, I mean, she was Asian, so I just thought she was. <laughs> she doesn't age. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. And then she was just like so fascinated with everything. I was like, oh, you're so like adventurous. Like she just wanted to know about everything. I was like, I was, you know, because you, know, you know how people are interested in what you're talking about. You're like, yeah. oh, this is so cool. And then she's like, oh, because you don't know anything. <laughs> she's never heard of anything. You're, you're, you're she's almost, in English class all your the time. Your 15th birthday is coming up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then, then you dated the eighteen-year-old after that. Well, that's, that's yeah. That's and then, that, so so yeah, the eighteen-year-old is just—I don't know what I was doing. So I was like, maybe this will work out. Why would it work out? <laughs> well, what what's interesting is because you when you told me that your dad's a fortune teller, um, you told me he knows certain things that he just won't tell you, but he'll know it. Like he would never tell someone because he does this professionally, and he would never tell someone when they're going to die, but he knows. Yeah. So that's he, so that's, insane. That's a rule that he cannot. He will tell you, like, maybe you should watch out these mm-hmm. few years that mm-hmm. there's certain things that might happen. So, right. Um, you should just not do certain yeah. things. Okay. But he won't tell you you're going to die. He can't tell you that. Yeah. Just, it's a rule of thumb, right? Because death is such a significant event in people's lives that usually they will change the course of fate. Right. Um, so, anyways, so, so here's this thing. My, my dad can do two things, three things. One, he can determine um, your personality by your um, facial features. And like it's your just symmetry? Yeah. So it's just really, it's just a um, statistical thing. Okay. So there's been statistics kept that people with a certain type of nose, certain type of eyes and the combination and what um, they tend to be like. Okay. So he can do that. Um that is not really impressive because that really doesn't tell you much about the person's life. They just know who they are as a personality. Yeah. Um, so the other two he can do is one, he can take your um, birth date, birth time and gender, I think. Uh-huh. And then he can map out your life and how he would do it to make sure it's accurate is by telling you things that happened in your past that he doesn't know, mm-hmm. but you tell you happened. So that they pinpoint, mm-hmm. he pinpoints it then, he knows that the rest is going to be accurate. Holy. So he's done it to random people. Like he went to, um, what's it called? Com- computer shop? Yeah. And to, he was just killing time, um, you know, browsing the shop. And the guy got talking to him. I think I was at drawing lessons or something. I forgot. Okay. Piano lessons, one of the two. And the guy was just like, oh, you do fortune telling? Why don't you do mine? So he kind of, so it's a he puts it in and the the there's an app or in the computer program that actually just generates all this whole map because reading is the difficult part yeah so he's like well um one thing i see is you're adopted and you know you're because the the map shows that your mother is not your mother and your brother is actually um a friend rather than 
his sibling. Whoa. And the dude start just collapse on the ground and start crying. Oh my god. And he's like, um, only my mom and I know this. Wow. Like even my dad doesn't know I'm adopted. Whoa. And my brother doesn't know I'm adopted. Oh my god. So then <laughs> he that um computer guy kind of invited him back to do all the you know yeah. all bunch of other fortune telling stuff. So that's uh, the one thing he does. The next one he does is you give him a number and he can take that number and extract um a map that creates an answer to your question. So okay. it could be any questions you have, could be career, could be um, you know, life events, could be um, romance, stuff like so on, so on. And sometimes you don't even like he's he's at the point now where he prefers you don't even ask the question. <laughs> just don't ask, just give me the number and I'll yeah. give you the answer. Uh, he's and, such I'll a gangster. and I'll tell you what you're he can actually see the question within the, uh, the number you give him. Because oh so the idea behind this, he said, is really just physics. Because time is not like this mystical thing. So he explained the scientific term uh -huh. that it's time. If time is relative, then time can be compressed. Okay. Right. And, and then there's multiple universes and dimension that occurs at the same time. So you giving me this number at this time, this juncture in time, is a key to insight is what's happening in this universe in this moment. Okay. So if I can compress time, then I can really see what comes down next. But the th he said the thing is though, um, typically, um, the how universe you know unfolds sometimes will change, right? Depends on which future you're in. Yeah. So you really, really, what he can tell you through this method is only valid for 10, 10 days to a month, because sometimes you know the outcome might be different. Okay. So you can always check back if you want within 10 days and a month. He'll tell you, you know, if it's you're still on the same tra trajectory or is it a different trajectory. Holy. Yeah. I'm like too dumb to fully understand this. So I need like, like there being different dimensions. Does that mean like there's an Ed Hill and a Kevy sitting together in a different dimension at the same time? Yeah. So there's multiple universes ha occurring at the same time simultaneously. Okay. Right. But you, we don't know which one you're going to be. It depends on what you decide. Okay. Right. But he can compress time, tell you what is the possible future. Holy. For you. So this leads then into the story of meeting my wife. So I had went through a terrible breakup, went to him just just for you know out of frustration as to um, who am I gonna meet, who am I gonna marry? Yeah. Right? And he said, okay, fine, give me a number. And he's like, okay, well, what do you want to know? I said, well, who is this person? She said, he's like, well, you gotta meet her soon, and you already know her. So I was going to date with another girl, and I don't mm -hmm. didn't know her. I was mm -hmm. like, well, this can't be that girl. Then I actually really like that girl. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> yeah. she gonna marry somebody else, um, and. <laughs> So I was like, okay, what does she look like? And he's like, well, she is shorter than you, got medium brown hair. Um, and she lives to the northwest of you right now. And she has something to do with money. I was like, something to do with money. Like, is my, you know, bill collector <laughs> going to come yeah. and marry me? Like, what's going yeah, on? Right? Yeah. So I... I'm like, okay, I, this is, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. The most of the times when, when he gives me an answer, I don't know what he's talking about. And then it all makes sense. You'll in the figure later. it out. You're like, You'll oh my yeah. God, that's why he meant. Uh -huh. And then I was like, okay, so when do I see, when do I meet her? If I already know her, she's a, well, when you see a red bird, I'm like a red bird. He's like, yeah, a red bird, a red bird. So to me, I'm like the St. Louis Cardinal logo, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe like, you're wearing the back. Maybe you have a hat. Maybe yeah. I'll yeah. Wear one day. So didn't think too much of it. So I just forgot about it. 
and I drive home on the same route mostly every day um, at that time. And there was a Max um, convenience store. Convenience store. So it was about, I think, three or four months later. And one day I drove home. And I never really pay attention to the Max logo. Yeah. And that day I just drove by and then I just stopped because there's a traffic light. And I looked at it. I'm like, that's a red owl winking at me. <laughs> that's a red bird. And that afternoon, I signed up for Facebook. That's when Facebook came out. And the, how, you know how they scan your email for yeah. um, contacts to add on to Facebook when it first began. And there was a girl who I was talking to on MSN. Okay. But we stopped talking. As something happened, we just lost contact. Mm-hmm. And they scanned her, and she popped on Facebook. She's like, hey, I haven't talked to you for a while. I was like, yeah, where have you been? And I went for coffee that afternoon. Yeah. And then she's not my wife. And she has to do and with she money. lives in Burnaby, which is northwest of me at the time. And she works in the bank. <laughs> and she had medium, short, brown hair. She's shorter than me. I already wow. knew, and I already knew her. I knew her from six months ago. Wow. I, we just lost contact. Holy. Yeah. Did you just get chills down your spine? I didn't put it together until um, I got married. I was like, this is exactly what he said was going to happen. And did he ever say, told you so? He kind of just smiles. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of really creepy. My wife's just creep up on my dad a lot. <laughs> She's like, I don't know if I should ask some questions or should I. Yeah. Like the question is. Consult the Oracle. Do you want right? to know? Yeah. Like, do you want. I don't know if I do, you know, about certain things. That's a big, that's a big question people often ask. Yeah. It's like, do I really want to know? So, and then you told me another thing you can do, which is if you've lost something, he can help you find it. Yeah. So this is the one that really creamed my wife out because she <laughs> lost her um, GST, well, tax return check. Yeah. Um, she doesn't know where she put it. Right. So she's really frustrated because my wife's usually really good at finding stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I'm the guy who gets frustrated when I can't find something. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I can't find it. So let's just go consult at Oracle. So she gave him the number. He said, well... It's on the southeast part of your house yeah. and still there. It's under something green. And if you don't find it by tomorrow morning, it's gone. <laughs> so she's like, I don't know what that means, but okay. So yeah. part of us is like, he probably got it wrong. You know, like, why would it be gone? A check doesn't fly away. Yeah. Right. But we're like, okay, something green. And then um, southeast of the house. Right. So we went inside and southeast is like, a, like it's right next to where our old place right next to the bed is a closet. So she's like, okay, I'll look in the closet. What's green in the closet? She's like, well, my, my jacket, her, she works with TD Banks. It's a green jacket. Right. So underneath the jacket, there was a backpack and she opens the backpack. And for some reason, the check was an envelope tucked inside the backpack. Oh, and she found it. And so she was like, just stunned. Yeah. I was like, why are you so stunned? That means in the backpack underneath a green jacket, coincidence, mm-hmm. right? It's not exactly super, predictive she's like no you understand tomorrow's garbage day uh-huh. i was gonna throw this backpack wow. tomorrow morning before we went and that's to work. why it would have been gone it would have been gone wow and so it's just all these different little things that like my brothers tested him my brother's the biggest skeptic <laughs> tested him like hey well i'm gonna see my professor and he'd be like the day after tomorrow he's like you're wrong i'm meeting him tomorrow and he shows up the meeting and the professor wasn't there and for sister, the only day I can meet you is tomorrow because I'm going on a trip. So it's the day after tomorrow. He's like, how the hell did that just happen? <laughs> is he still a skeptic? Um, I don't know. I think part of him doesn't want to believe. Part of him does believe. Yeah. Like, he's also really questioning the existence of ghosts and spirits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he would just 
adamantly trying to explain a scientific way. Right. And I said, then why don't you just go to the most haunted hotels and stay there? So I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Right. Because I think part of me still thinks it's creepy. It's definitely creepy. I, I wonder too about ghosts. Um, Cause I'm, I'm, a, I guess I'm a little skeptical. Not that I'm, it's just, I've never had an experience of my own. Yeah. So if I saw a ghost, I'd a hundred percent believe in it. So this is my dad's um, explanation of it. Cause we asked him yeah. what are ghosts. He said, well, ghost is not what you see on TV. Like, you know, the people wearing clothes, like that's not, Yeah. that's just your manifestation of what you think you saw. Yeah. He, he, again, explains a very, um, you know, physics type of way. Yeah. He said it's we all only thing that does not distinguish like does not disappear on this planet is energy, right? And this universe right. energy just transferred. Yeah. So every single one of us is a ball of energy, kinetic energy, mechanical energy, ther- you know, thermal energy, so on and so on. Uh-huh. So when you die, uh-huh. that energy just transferred to a realm. Okay. And you still exist, but you're just a different form of energy. Okay. Now, the reason why it doesn't impact us, because for the living, obviously, our energy is stronger. Mm-hmm. Right? So, for the people who are dead, the energy is probably weaker. It transfers them in form. So, there are two different things that we can, like, for example, we can't see thermal energy. We can't see right. a lot of different type of energy. It's still out there. I mean, it doesn't exist. Totally. So, the reason why we can't see them, he said, this is an analogy. It's like taking, like taking a flashlight and turning it on to the sun. Mm-hmm. You can't see the light. Yeah. Sunlight's too strong. Right. So we're like sunlight when we're next to these other weak forms of energy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the reason why people see ghosts, he says, is because your energy is weakened. Oh. You're either ill or you're not doing well uh-huh. or things are happening where your light is diminishing. Now you're starting to see this other light. Right. right? Now the flashlight seems brighter. Okay. Because you are not shining as bright. That's so interesting. Yeah. And then he's like, why do people see people? Or he's like, because your brain obviously is trying to make sense of what they're seeing. So they will just generate images. Yeah. Right? You're detecting energy, but you don't know what that is. Right. Something that we can make sense of our senses. Was your dad a fortune teller? Um, has he always been one? Um, no, he went to. Um, so I still remember when I was seven, mm-hmm. he like dressed up in this weird garment. Mm-hmm. to go to a specific place in Taiwan to learn it. Like the teacher doesn't take a lot of students. Yeah. It takes like a hand for five or six. And he really has to show that this is what he wants to leave. Because he doesn't want, I'm sure they don't want people coming yeah. just, you know, to fuck around. <laughs> yeah. So can I swear on this? Of course. Okay. <laughs> I, I insist. Didn't um, and yeah, so he went and he said out of his class, he was really only one who understood it. Huh. Yeah, so everyone knows how to do it, but they just can't. You they can't see it. It's like a lot of it is math-based equations. Yeah, and so he's looking at to to what someone like me would just see like a bunch of numbers, but he's seeing a a, a picture. Yeah, an obvious. It's combination. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you have to be able to unlock it. Right. It's like some people they see music, they see a different way. Yeah. For him, he sees in a different way, and he says a lot of his classmates just can't. They just see numbers and things mm-hmm. coming together. It's like, I don't know what that means. Right. But he can look at the whole picture and, and decipher it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. He's been hired by a whole bunch of different people, like famous painters wow. in Asia sometimes. Um, so one thing he really does for them is looking for things. 
Yeah. So there's a painter who had an exhibition in New York City, mm-hmm. and he lost his crate. Oh. And he's like, I need a crate because there's like million dollars worth of paintings in there. Yeah. I don't know where it went. So they asked him to locate it, and he actually found exactly where the crate was. Wow. Yeah. So the painter was so impressed, he um, hand um, calligraphied a like designated paint just for his, his hung up in this um, unbelievable yeah. like a one-off yeah, just one for your off. dad yeah so he's just, he's so respected i guess when the the person who taught your dad is selecting who would be a potential candidate to to do what he does probably one of the things they're looking for is to make sure that they abide by the rules that we're talking yeah, about and also that you know they're not here to i think use it for evil i guess yeah so one thing i asked my dad is like are you able to predict Lottery numbers. Yeah. He said, if I don't want to win, yeah, then I, I can. But I, I can't see it because the personal greed gets no one excuses oh, objectivity. So it's only for generous yeah, reasons. Yeah, so the best he could do, he said, was three out of six numbers. <laughs> it's so crazy. It was $10. But he's like, I can't. <laughs> there's no way because I the, – the, yeah. so, every time he – um, looks into something usually he has no attachment to it yeah right so he can just tell you what it is you it's like an impartial third party yeah. but if it's for his own gain he can't see like it. i wonder it if clouds he, it clouds his ability to see the combination so he can't see his own future no wow interesting i wonder if he's been to a fortune teller so he he said he can kind of see what happens to him through the lives of people around him like you or your brother yeah because he will show up in our maps right unbelievable Wow. And so was he... So that's one thing he can't predict um, death. That's the reason. Okay. Um, but he can't predict death by telling the person they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, my, my uncle just passed away. Oh. Actually, last Monday. Sorry to hear that. Um, so he was battling cancer. He had nasal cancer. He was really young and then came back. So Man. a question everybody had was, you know, how much time he has left, right? Doctors say it's a few months, but mm-hmm. nobody... So he didn't... He can't tell him right yeah but he's because he he saw the map of all his siblings so my, my uncle has a bunch of siblings my mom's one of them mm-hmm. um he saw that in their maps that he is gone oh my goodness this year so he's like oh. he's gonna die this year fuck unreal yeah holy because every single map had the same incident that happened that he was gone. That, that number is gone yeah what a burden on him in a way yeah Although maybe he's kind of at peace with it. It's like just how it goes. I don't know how he feels. I never really ask. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure sometimes he sees things that it's disturbing. Yeah. Right? Like he doesn't really want to know kind of thing. Like yeah. he told me my 2009. He told me this a long time ago. Like 2009 is a terrible year for you and a lot of people. Oh. So 2009 was the housing market crisis. Okay. When You know how the global economy collapsed. Yeah. Because the American... You know, housing situation. Right. And everyone was doing there was the recession. It was last year um, a Bush and Obama came in. Right. Yep. That was a whole year. We're like looking for hope because everything is like so hopeless. Yeah. Um, so he warming a lot like globally. It's going to be a terrible year. And for you, it's going to be a horrible year. Oh. And that was probably the one of the worst years of my life. Since when you I sold still your shoe remember, collection. Um, <laughs> 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 I don't know why I sold it. I think it's before that. <laughs> but. It was nothing. I, I tried to do so many things and nothing ever came to fruition. Okay. Everything's horrible. I went through that huge breakup. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, you know, I was going to propose and then got told I wasn't good enough. Oh. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So it was just 
one chaos after another. Now looking back, I'm like, wow, 09 was a terrible That was a year. rough year for me too, actually, now that I think about it. And then 2010 was a really good year. Yeah. He said for most people, all night was just a terrible time. It just, I remember that. I remember feeling like my, my, my passions, none of them were working. Yeah. None of them would work with me. Yeah. Know? He said it was just because the, the rotation of, um, so it's time, person, place. Wow. Just the rotation of the three wasn't a really bad Interesting. year for everybody. 2010, I ended up meeting a lot of people that ended up changing my life for the better. Mm-hmm. And people who I think will be like lifelong close friends. Yeah. That's interesting. Was that like that for you too? 2010 being good? Um, 2010 was much, much better. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been, well, that's old, actually old night. I dated 18 year old. That was the time. <laughs> well, for some people, that'd be a good that thing a for that time. year. Horrible thing. Uh, <laughs> he even, he even predicted his album taping, to be honest. Really? Uh, to a certain point. So I asked him, um, so like, you named it Son of Smiley? Oh, I was going to name it Son of Smiley regardless. <laughs> because it's just ridiculous the name he picked. It's really his name. Um, I asked him if things are going to, like, when are things going to pick up steam a little mm-hmm. bit, my like, career-wise? Yeah. And he said, this year you're going to feel like you're doing a lot, mm-hmm. but you feel like you're not getting anywhere. Mm. Like, you're doing a lot, but you're not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, so... When's the breakthrough? He's like, the breakthrough won't come till next year. And so the Chinese new lunar year um, operates in the Chinese year, which is not the um, the Roman calendar. Yeah. So Chinese year is in February. Right. So f- the beginning of February was the new year. And because I was going to take my album in the fall. Right. Never happened. I was going to do in the beginning of the year. Never happened. Was that my fault? I can't remember. No, it was just that we can't get the venue. For some reason, I just can't get a venue. Oh, yeah. And I can't get anything to match together. Nothing was falling in place. Mm-hmm. And then when it fell into place was at the end of February. Right. And that was in the new year. Right. So and I'm, now I'm looking back. I'm like, it actually happened right after last year ended. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Smiley knows everything. It's, it's just crazy. Sometimes you'll just say things. You're like, you don't really like it's because in, in those moments you just you can't. Yeah. Right. Because it's not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just, it shows up and, you know. Yeah. And like he knew um, my brother was really stressed about getting to med school mm-hmm. uh, before he was in undergrad and he was going through all these tests and stuff like, you know, doing tests and, you know, the M- MCAT. And mm-hmm. he was like, am I going to get into med school? Because um, he was studying so hard for the test. And my dad's like, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> so he ended up getting into a bunch of schools. Wow. And he went up doing UBC as one he picked. Uh-huh. But my dad was like, came to me. He told me he's like, I knew he was gonna get in. I just don't want to tell him. What? Because he, he he thinks that if he tells him, then he won't study. He won't try actually, hard. He will change the course of. Um, I mean, he's got a point. He's yeah. Got he's a like, point. I knew he was gonna get in. I knew exactly which school he's gonna go. Sometimes to. you need some anxiety to get things done properly. I guess. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have a question then. So. Your dad's name is Smiley. Your mom's name is Candy because when you guys moved here, everyone gets to pick their own names. Right. So did you pick Ed? My dad picked Ed. Okay. Edward. Right. Henry because there were names of two British kings. Okay. Um, And also my dad knew Edward. Okay. Um, When he was in Taiwan, he was a British guy. Well, that's what I was going to ask is like it's got to be hard to pick a name and, and roll with it if you have no frame of context of these names. So he yeah. knows... 
But then I googled Edward and Henry, and they were brothers. Oh really? They're two kings or brothers, wow. but they're only they were also the only two homosexual kings <laughs> in British history. So I'm like, does he not know, or he knows he's just fucking with me this whole time? Sounds like something he might do. He's just like whatever. It's um, a good name. Yeah. Okay. And then and my aunt's name's Kitty. That's a great name. And then her son is Peter Pan. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, you showed me his Facebook. <laughs> yes. It's real. He, he's not allowed to sign up for any social media on his <laughs> real name because they think he's a fake person. <laughs> and then his uh, sister's name's Tiffany Pan. Yeah. Um, they named her Tiffany because they were going to name her Tinkerbell. But they're like, oh, you know what? Tinkerbell is too embarrassing. We don't want to ruin her life. So let's go with Tiffany. But, you're said, still but Peter, Peter Pan, Pan <laughs> is way worse. <laughs> Tinkerbell Pan is actually not that bad. <laughs> I love it. Pete R. Pan. Yeah. And then my one of my uncle's name. So my, my aunt's name is Claudia. My uncle's name is Payphone. <laughs> it's not spelled Payphone, like the Payphone, but it's pronounced exactly like the Payphone. This <laughs> is the different spelling. Did he pick his own name? He just kept his um, Chinese name. Okay. And But he just directly um, did the sound. And it just sounds like Payphone. Mm. So like your name is Payphone. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so my cousin Tim, my cousin Andy, and their dad, Payphone. <laughs> Tim, Andy, and, and then, Payphone. And then the most foreign name possible. That's great. Wow. All right, man. That's uh, 45 minutes. Wow, that's 45 minutes? Yeah, it's good. quick. Yeah, you had to quickly go save your car. I hope it didn't get towed. Oh, it's good. It's good. And now. your album is called Son of Smiley. We just finished it just now. And when do you think it'll be out? Probably summertime, I'm okay. thinking. Yeah. Okay. I got to get the album art. And you have two other ones, two other records. Yeah. yeah. Weirdo Whisper and, uh, and Canadian. What, what's, the, what's the second one called? Weirdo Whisper. Okay. And then what's your podcast all about? It's called Sun the Smiley. Okay. So I do a story every week. It's about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, I really did the podcast for myself. Yeah. It's not really for anybody else. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of stupid. Yeah. I don't care if people listen to it, uh-huh. but I think people do because they. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. And actually, my wife's grandma is like the, one of the biggest fans. She'll That's miss great. me sometimes. Like, where's this week's episode? I was like, it's coming. <laughs> and She's devoted. Yeah. So I uh, I usually give a quick update is what I've been doing last week. And I'll tell like a 10-minute story of something from my life. So yeah. either a story about me uh-huh. or a story between my dad and I or uh-huh. a story with the family. Okay. It's just kind of a personal journal for me. So I yeah. can remember these stories That's so I cool. don't forget them yeah. um, as time go on. Yeah. And it's just really crazy how many of these stories I have. Yeah. Like you like, I totally don't remember the story, but now I'm telling it because it actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. And what an interesting life that you lead. It's never dull. I hope you keep collecting shoes. It seems like your habit is coming back and I, I prefer one like that it is. It's not exactly a good thing, but it'll probably happen. <laughs> I saw you get a really sweet new pair of shoes from TJ. So. I know. <laughs> I was jealous of those. Not a good incident. Thank you, Ed. All right. Thanks, Kevin. And that's it, man. Thanks to Ed Hill for coming out. Thank you for listening. I hope you go to a fortune teller and uh, they don't tell you when you're going to die because it's against the rules. Okay. We will talk to you very shortly, very soon, probably next week. Okay, thank you. Bye.